What does the average week look like for you? Sure, it may start with church online on a Sunday morning, but by Monday, can any of us really remember what the sermon was about? We spend so much of our time doing so many things. Keeping our kids entertained when they're stuck at home, finding time to do our work from home, maintaining some sense of normalcy during these times. But most of what we do related to our faith is crammed into about 80 minutes on a Sunday. Did you know that in a week there are 10,080 minutes? If we're spending about 80 of those related to our faith, what are we doing with the other 10,000? That's what this podcast is all about. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the 10,000 podcast. We want to bring God into your 10,000 minutes. Uh, my name is Sawyer Trapp. I'm our student ministry pastor here at Stapleton Church. And you know the person, well, I would say regularly right in front of me because that's regularly how we record this. But right now, with everything going on, we're recording this digitally. So the person right in front of me on my screen, our lead pastor, Matt Wolf. Hey, everybody. I'm so glad that you're joining us. I'm, I hope that these conversations that we're having on this 10,000 podcast are helpful to you. Um, I love listening to podcasts. I've been listening to podcasts since before they were called podcasts. I would download them onto my old iPod. Um, what were they called and, before and podcasts? They, I mean, they were just like audio segments. Like people would upload their radio segments. Like this is back like 2007, 2008. Um, maybe they were called podcasts. I don't know. <laughs> back, but, uh, back in I, the you, dark ages of 2000, early 2000s. Yeah, before there was internet on your phone and on your <laughs> iPod. So I love uh, podcasts. So I hope that they're helpful to you, um, listener. So, and, and if you do have questions, always you can send those in to Sawyer Trap, S Trap at StapletonChurch.com. That's Trap with two P's. That's right. I'd love to get your questions so we can. Answer what you're thinking about. I'm sure with everything going on right now, you have a lot of stuff coming up in your mind, a lot of thoughts like, how do I bring God into my 10,000 when I'm stuck at home all day? We would love to talk to you about it. Um, if you missed last week's episode, it was really a, a really a good one. Uh, we had our first guest on, which was exciting, uh, Reza Zadeh, uh, chaplain for the Denver Broncos. So if you haven't checked that out, scroll back down to your podcast feed and definitely check that out. Today, though, um, we are kind of doing uh, a, a deeper dive into your sermon from this past week. So if people didn't catch it, uh, what what are the highlights, Matt? Not that I want to limit it down to the highlights, but. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, it was it was a message on the story of Esther. Uh, I was feeling discouraged over the last couple of weeks. You know, we're, we're having to shift so much of what we do as a church online when we're like in the business of gathering people together. Yeah, um, it, it makes it difficult. And I know a lot of people are dealing with even much bigger challenges than we are. But I was feeling discouraged for a little while. And, and my mentor, I mentioned in my message, a guy named Bruce Hoppler. He's the national director of church strengthening for our movement of churches converge. He wrote an article and there was a little video with the article and it just pumped me up. And it was all about like, like, this is the time to step up. Like, it's time to be courageous. And I was like, wow. And, and it felt like it was exactly what I needed to hear at that moment. It's like the coach saying, like, get out there. You can do this. Like, you, you can get in the game or, you know, like the that general, halftime rally time to go to battle. Have yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I needed that. And I said, if I need that, I know there's other people who need yeah. it as well. So it it immediately directed my thought to the story of Esther. 
um, because she, as Mordecai, like, prompts her, encourages her, is, like, pushing her into action to save God's people. He says, uh, maybe you were brought to the palace for such a time as this. So I really encourage people to, to think about the fact that God made them for such a time as this. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, if you haven't listened to that message, and, I really encourage you to go check it out. It's a good one. Yeah, and I got a lot of good feedback from people this week. I had, um, you know, a doctor that emailed me that, that said, yeah, I listened to it. Like, this is exactly what I'm thinking. Somebody else, one of my neighbors listened to it, and she said, she's like, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Like, she had just taken an administrative role, and now she's having to figure out how to revise everything with the personnel. And she's like, she said she talked with her boss and was like, why did I have to take this job right right now? Like, I didn't even want this job. And her boss said, well, you know, you're the right person for the job. So we were talking about that. And it's like amazing how God puts us into those positions. Like, and, and it's no... Um, it's no coincidence that you and I um, and you listener are in the situations we're in, in the position, in the relationship, in, in the job you're in for such a time as this, because we're in like a once in a generation crisis right now. Yeah. Um, and God made us for this. Yeah. Um, I, I just wanted to dive deeper on that. I think I think. Um, if you guys don't know, when you when you make a sermon, um, there's a lot le- left on the cutting room floor. And one of the things that uh, you and I talked about as you were getting the sermon together um, was one of the things that you left out. Um, and I really think it could be valuable as we as we dive deeper, as we look about how to really apply this to my, to our lives. That if God did make us for such a time as this, like how do we actually go about that? Like what can we learn from what Esther did? Um, as an example of what we maybe should be doing now. Yeah, there. Th- that's that's definitely right. I think one of the hardest things in, those those of you who write or speak, you know, like you have to edit yourself a lot, and mm-hmm. sermons are especially so. Um, there's always something that gets left out, and this week it was kind of the how to, the how to to step out and encourage. And I said, hey, this is a really good section. There's these three points. Should I leave it in? We we both kind of thought, yeah, I don't think. It, it really feels, fits with the flow of the message, so I'm glad mm-hmm. we can talk about it here um, because of the how-to. And, so, Matt, you know, how do we do it? Int- oh. <laughs> Go, <laughs> ahead. Go ahead. It's a good question. Oh, what I was going to say was the how question, we always want to know the how, but the mm-hmm. Bible doesn't always address the how, um, yet we can learn from the examples of people. So it, when we say that here's three steps in how to be courageous, like so I could give a message three steps – these aren't like the exhaustive three steps. Like these aren't all the things you do. I and mean, it's not like if you miss one of these, like, oh, my gosh, for sure it's you're going to fail. <laughs> or if you do these three, for sure you're going to succeed. Um, right. The Bible doesn't right. always give us the how-tos. It's not a how-to manual. And yet we are called and commanded to learn from the example of people like uh, the amazing woman who Esther was. So the first of the how-tos, and this really comes from the – the very end of chapter four, I, even though I covered a lot of the story of Esther in my message, I really focused, zeroed in on chapter four, which is kind of the pivotal chapter. So if you do have a Bible, you can you you can look at it too with me. And in chapter four, um, verse sixteen, that's basically when Esther is ready to act. She realizes that it's for such a time as this that God made her. 
And she says to Mordecai, her cousin, who's also her dad, go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. So the first thing she says is go gather together other people. Yeah. She's alone, but she says I need some somebody to have my back. So the first thing we need to learn is to don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. Mm, yeah, I think that's so true. Uh, I think especially with everything's going on, I think it's really easy for us to feel like um, like one of two things that we can't really connect with people. Like it's hard, it's challenging. We have to do it in different ways that we've done it before. Um, or the second is that um, we're facing problems that nobody else is facing. That there isn't, mm-hmm. you know, that we're going through something uniquely challenging to us. Um, and I think the truth is opposite to that. I think we see in in the first thing that Esther does is she's like, okay, I'm facing this problem. Let's get some people together. Yeah, I, I love that that's her immediate mindset, even mm-hmm. though she's isolated and probably has been isolated in the palace for a while, um, maybe a year or two. Yeah. Um, she's like, I can't do this by myself. I need some help. And I think that's an important thing to admit, to not do it alone. So, Sawyer, how the heck do we do that right now? Because I think we're all having to do things that are difficult, challenging, that we need courage for. How do we do it? I think it's taking that bold step of being honest with somebody else about what you're going through. Um, whether that's <laughs> calling them up, doing a Zoom session, uh, meeting one of your neighbors six feet apart and having a six feet apart grill out, whatever that looks like. I don't know. But like and just being honest, um, I think whether we wanted to admit it or not, uh, what we're going through right now is challenging. It's hard. And if we try to do it alone, that's going to make it even harder. Um, especially as we're isolated, as we feel like we're alone anyway, if we don't bring other people into the situation that we're going through, man, that's only going to make it harder. I know it is for me, like, I don't know, when I try to keep my problems with myself or just focus on all all by myself, um, even with what's going on right now, like trying to just figure out what it looks like to balance work and, and home life when they're basically all the same now, like, Talking to people about that, uh, bringing people into what's going on has been so helpful. So I think it's it's a really simple one, but simple doesn't mean it's easy. It, it's saying, right. hey, I I'm struggling with this. Um, I I don't want to do this alone. Will you will you walk with me through this? Yeah, and you know, Melissa, I really admired her. Yesterday, we went to take Canaan and Evie in for their four month check mm-hmm. you know, four-month well baby visit. And our, our doctor's office is great. They had set a whole second office at a different location just for the well baby. But it was still nerve-wracking to go to a doctor's office, you know, where there's all sorts of people, you know, and there's no way to avoid being within six feet of people when you're right. at a doctor's office. Right. So Melissa, like, I was getting some stuff ready, and I came down, and she was getting a bunch of texts. And she's like, yeah, I texted a bunch of people to ask him to pray for me because I'm nervous. And I just love that. Like, yes, I'm nervous. and I want some encouragement in prayer. And a bunch of people responded and, and were saying, oh, I'm praying for you. And I just love that she took the initiative to do that. And I'm like, man, why don't I do that more? Um, so yeah. let's learn from Melissa and her example of this, too. Don't do it alone. That's right. That's right. Okay. So if we're continuing on with what Esther does, she gathers all the people. And then what does she do? 
Mm-hmm. She asked them to fast for me. Now, fasting, of course, is going without food, but it's always in the scriptures tied with prayer. Prayer and fasting go hand in hand. When you fast and you get hungry, it drives you to pray to God. The reason why you go without food is so that you can be um, seeking your substance in God himself. Mm-hmm. And so she's saying, I need some prayer. So the second thing we got to learn is to pray before you act, to pray before you act and fast, too, if it's a major thing. We're, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm asking people in our church to fast this Friday, Good Friday, April 10th, that we all take that day to pray and fast for our nation, for um, the people that could hear the good news on Easter, potentially. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many things to pray for. For the sick, I talked with someone in our church who had just lost a family member today to the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many things that we need to be praying for. And in order for us to step out in faith and step out courageously, we've got to pray before we act. Yeah, that's so true. I think it's really easy um, for many of us, even if we call ourselves followers of Jesus, to just, all right, maybe we got some people together, put our minds together, we're going to figure this out, and then, all right, let's go do it. Um, but I think that that piece of, of stopping, considering giving it up to God, and, and not just giving it up to God at the front end, but giving it up to God throughout the whole process of what that looks like, Um my my uh, extended family on my uh, dad's side has a, a phrase that is kind of a family motto. I don't know. I feel like it's said a lot whenever we're g- gathered together as a family, and it's what we call the the six P's. <laughs> and it's it, it's not fully inappropriate, but it, it, it's that prior planning prevents piss poor performance. Six P's. Okay, that's good. And, I like and, it. And it and it jumped into my mind because I actually think we should replace one of the P's. That yes, mm-hmm. prior prior planning is important, but if we want to perform well, if we want to act courageously, if we want to be bold, that prior prayer prevents poor performance. That if we I give like it up it. to God, not that necessarily everything's going to be perfect, but if if we're trying to do everything ourselves then we're only operating on our own strength but if we give it up to god man god can do amazing things yeah i think that's so good because i feel like right now like in addition to all the normal stuff that you and i are doing we've added a whole bunch of new things to our plate and we're trying to figure out yeah and when you do a new thing for the first time it's harder and it takes a lot longer to do even so mm-hmm. even simple things are, are taking longer, <laughs> applying for loans, you know, for small businesses, <laughs> um, you know, trying to trying to set up Skype conference calls, doing um, video conferencing meetings. You know, it took us, what, 20 minutes the other day to get our video conferencing all work. <laughs> so for our we meeting, were having like, some issues it, on I being mean, on the like, right oh. call, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think the point is there's so many things to do right now, and we're all trying to do that with, with kids in tow. Yeah, you know, like like you probably have Lucy around. Is she having a nap right now, or is well, Sarah? Sarah got home, Sawyer. so yeah. You have Lucy right now. She she's with she's with Sarah. Okay, so. <laughs> thank you, yeah. Sarah. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I mean, my wife, and we're trying to get yeah, kids, kids around. It's like there's so many things to do, so we've got to stop and pray first. Stop and pray first. In fact, maybe if you're listening right now, pause this. Take one minute and just pray and ask God to help you with what you need to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. Nice.
Okay, so you said you had three things at the beginning. So we're we're not supposed to do it alone. Yes. We're supposed to pray before we act. Yep. And what is the last thing? Yep. Don't wait for it to be easy to act. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of talked about this on Sunday, but she's saying – she's asking verse 16, okay, let's do this together. Fast for me. Pray for me. And then she says, when that's done, after three days of that, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. So she realized that she's going to have to keep acting. Sometimes we want to wait till things look good, till the coast is clear, till the door is opened, um, till everything is lining up. Then we can act, till we know that uh, the person's going to say yes to our request. Uh, but sometimes we just got to do it, even though it could be really bad. Really, like you have to let this employee go, or you have to um, make a, a tough financial decision. Sometimes we just have to to do it. We have to act. So I guess the main question is is if 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 we know it doesn't have to be easy, we know it might be hard to make a decision. Mm-hmm. But how do we know when to act? Um. I don't know. What do you think, Sawyer? <laughs> what do I th- Oh, you're going to pass it back to me. Good call. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I think it's, yeah, making the wisest decision with the information you have. Um, okay. It doesn't mean you have all the answers. It may not even mean you have half the answers, especially if it's a, it's a situation that you're saying, hey, maybe I lost my job. Um, I'm experiencing financial struggle when I, I never experienced this before. And you got to make some decisions. Um, I would say that if you've evaluated your options, if you've brought other people into it, if you've prayed and, and you're feeling encouraged through prayer and through the support of other people to make that decision, it may not be easy, but it's time to act. So I wouldn't say there's some recipe or formula of knowing like, all right, I've brought this many people into it. So three people plus this amount of hours of prayer times this plus inspiration equals decision. And it's not some formula like, like, like that. But I think I think just You're being right. wise and smart about it, including others, and if, if kind of you're motivated through prayer, if the Holy Spirit moves you, signs point to yes as you talk to other people, it, it might be time to act even even if things are hard, even if the decision is difficult. That's what I would say. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's so hard. Like, so she waited three days, but there would have been some time limit for Esther. Like, obviously, the edict was passed. Right. And actually, I've never done the math on the calendar in Esther, but there was a point where, like, on this day, on Purim, which is why that's the that's celebrated on a certain day of the year, even for Jews today. Like, that was the day that they were supposed to, like, the Jews were all going to get killed, basically. Yeah. So she had to act at some point, and she had to have enough time. Like you find out later in chapter five and six that her plan was to to go to the king and then invite him to a banquet that night, and then invite him to another banquet. So it was like multiple stages that she had this plan in order to persuade the king to save her people. Yeah. So you've got to like do some math with it too. Like there comes a point where you have to make those tough decisions that you have to act, that you have to do whatever it is. Um, you know, if if some of I mean, I know maybe some people listening right now are having to make the tough decision like, uh, how, do I have to furlough employees or do I need to shut down my business? And those decisions that are really hard to make, um, 
like at some point you just have to do it and it's never going to look easy. It's never going to look easy, Yeah, but you got to do it. Um, yeah. So I, I don't win that. <laughs> all that to say, I don't know either. Well, I think it's, I think it's also so situation, situational dependent. Is that, yeah, it's hard. To, it's hard to say hard and fast that any decision that we have to make or any opportunity that we have to act out in courage looks exactly the same. Um, but I, I think, I think these three guiding principles will, will allow you to move towards whether it is time to act or not, whether, you're, you have done the necessary steps or not. Because I think without that, it can seem unbelievably daunting that you have this tough decision to make. Yeah, I, I think you're right on. I right on. So I hope that those three points um, will help someone today that has to step up courageously to step out to do the thing that God created them to do. So first, don't do it alone. Two, pray before you act. And three, don't wait for it to be easy to act. Mm-hmm. So hopefully those three steps will help you a little bit. Yeah, I hope so. As we seek to bring God into our 10,000, that means bring, bring him in everything, the tough times, the easy times, the tough decisions. Um, so I really encourage you this week as we, as we all wrestle with what life looks like, um, yeah, to bring God into your 10,000 and um, make those tough decisions, those bold actions, um, even if it's even if it is hard. That's right. Well, thanks for listening, and we hope that you'll join us uh, this next week. We hope that you'll celebrate Easter with us this Sunday. That's right. Um, April 12th, we've got our live stream. We're excited about that. I think it's going to be a really good opportunity, so join us for that. Um, if you do need someone to do it with you, you can email us, and we'll pray for you. We'll encourage you. If you have questions Absolutely. that maybe we have an answer for, we'll, we'll try. Um, <laughs> or maybe direct you to someone who, who knows better than we do. But, um, yeah, so we hope that you will act courageously because God made you for such a time as this. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Is it reminding me to avoid legal snags by telling you that you're being recorded? (laughs) All right. You ready? Yep. All right.